and the concession has taken place. Well done, Keegan Bradley. And now we can absolutely say it's all over. Once again, Europe have won the Ryder Cup. Good morning, Aotearoa. Hope you're doing all good. Mr. Tony Cam, Ricardo Ball, Keza holding down the kitchen. It's not on fire yet, but just stay tuned because it's going to heat up throughout the morning. How you doing, lads? Yeah, morning. It's uh, not bloody hot outside at the moment. It's still got that winter chill to it. Um, and that rain just won't go away, you know. Drizzly all day yesterday up here. It's you know you're looking out. I was looking out the window yesterday afternoon, thinking, "Man, where's the sun gone? He's just hid, he's just hidden away." You know, you know, you're talking about that here. with with uh, Paulie Tito, but mate, where's the sun gone? Yeah, it was so hot here yesterday. It was beautiful, not hot, but it was blue skies, no wind. And I mowed my lawns the other day, and just that reflection off the grass. You started, I started thinking, "Oh, it's so weedy and ugly," but yesterday it looked so good. My lawn's just having a little bit of a resurgence, lad, so I'm happy. How's the Kubota going? Oh, great. I'm glad you brought it up, Kimpy. Oh, it's such a good mower. Such a good mower. It's it's called a walker in it. Is it a a walker? Nah, that's a special own brand, Kimpy. We're going to get slapped in the ears if we say that. So, no, no, that's uh, that's a competitor. But we're going to – it's a um, zero-turn mower, and it just cuts so well. Oh, I'm so happy, and uh, first time in about two months I've, I've been able to go mow the lawns. So you can understand uh, when you go out there and you mow your lawn and it just looks nice, you do all the weeds. We had a really nice productive day on Sunday. Did all the weeding, got all the lawns mowed, mowed the driveway, and uh, when you get that done, just that satisfaction. So getting jobs done, but I'm about to head on a plane, lads. I'm coming up to your oh. neck of the woods today. So I'll be in the studio tomorrow, so looking Beautiful. forward to having a nice wee wrap and a coffee in the morning with the team. So I've got a bit of work up there on uh, Wednesday uh, with uh, 1NZ, going to spend the day with Jason Paris, actually. So that should be should be fun. I'll be talking his ear off about the Warriors, the Wars, and hopefully try and get me a kit out of them, eh? What are my chances of getting a jersey there, Kimpy? <laughs> oh, mate, he'll have, he'll have plenty there, obviously. Um, I don't think you're worried about gear. It's not the kit that you want. It's probably the new <laughs> iPhones i got. Yeah, you better put the. Generally, they just hold in stock small to extra large, so you might want to put in a special request. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Rick Dog, don't you start. No, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending the day with him and Ruahe Demont. So, cool. Going to have a have a good day tomorrow there in Auckland. Be busy as hell, but no, look, looking forward to getting up on the on the plane and seeing the boys tomorrow morning. How you doing, Rick Dog? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I, I actually, I've got a uh, confession to make, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be absent without leave from about seven o'clock. I'll probably be useless from seven. 
Because he, okay, what do you got? Because Ma- you know what's coming up. Manchester United first game of the season is going to be on the telly in here. Oh. So I, my, I, I, chances are, I might not be that engaged from seven o'clock. I'm just, uh, just fair <laughs> warning. All right, I'll be here in body, maybe sure, not in mind. You make sure you dominate Kempy's seat then, because that's uh, that's where you see all the TVs over there. <laughs> when you get to watch, watch it all. Okay, so if I come to you and you're like, huh? What? Okay, that's where you know what's happening out yeah. there. Everyone that's uh, tuned so in man, this morning. It's a man you updates this morning. Yeah, you just come to me and I'll be like, 3 0. <laughs> Rashford just got one. What? Oh, we're talking golf. Four, I don't know. 4 4 1. Yeah. Rick Dogs bet. Gone. Rivered. Oh, yeah, that'd be about right, too. Oh, beautiful. All right, lads, we've got a big show today. We've got uh, Brian Sierretta. We're gonna He's a soccer writer for the US. We're going to talk but bit of MLS because there's plenty going on over there. Obviously, with Lionel Messi's inclusion in the game, four games, seven goals. He is absolutely flying at the moment. So we want to talk about the impact that Lionel Messi has on had on the MLS. And we're going to talk to Bob Herrig. We're going to talk Ryder Cup. Um, USA and Europe are slowly announcing their teams you got McElroy and Ram leading uh, the, the Team Europe team, and you've got Scotty Scheffler, and you've got Wyndham Clark, who won the US Open at LACC Country Club there this year. So we're going to talk a bit about the Ryder Club Cup. We're going to announce our dream team. Kempi's going US. I'm going Team Europe at the end of the show. So it's a big show for today. Who am I? Clue number one. We're giving away a winter wellness pack valued at over 150 for the whole family. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Good Vitamin Co. Stay healthy and happy all winter long with Chemist Warehouse, your home of winter essentials. Double eight, double three if you have the answer. Here we go. Clue number one. I played for both North Sydney rivals, the Bears and the Seagulls in the NRL. I played for both North Sydney rivals, the Bears, the Sea Eagles, in the NRL. If you know the answer, text it through on double eight double three and about eight fiftieth. We'll uh, announce that winner this morning. All right, Rick Dog, let's rip into it. Round one, fight. Yeah, it's time for triple threat. Kez has been mixing things up with a bit of Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh, that uh, was so God, good, mate. Come fake, on, come fake, on, boys. Fake keep, keep, keep pushing it up. <laughs> so, triple threat, we get three questions for the day to kick things off. The first question. I saw this article. Uh, there's a, a website called the Rugby League Eye Test, and they've done an article on who would win the 2023 Dally based purely on statistics. Made for some interesting reading. There was one S. Johnson at the top of the ladder, purely <laughs> on statistics. Who have you got? Who's oh. taking out the Dally M this season? It's, it's crazy, yeah. When you go through that, that article you sent through, and it's very detailed, mm. I reckon you should chuck it up on our Twitter as well and have a look at it. It goes through all different scenarios, all different types of stats that's uh, involved in the game of league. And you go through and you look at the top of the list, and every list is Sean Johnson. So if it's statistically based, Sean Johnson is, is miles ahead, miles ahead of, of everyone else. Um, but the, the reality is, it's, it's not, Kempi, and, and I want to talk to you about this. With the Dally M, it is based clearly and only on votes, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. And how, who makes the votes? Uh, how I'm, do they go about the votes? I'm pretty sure that the, the votes are coming, I think they're coming from the referees, um, and I, you know, this this is the bugbear about the voting system when they're voting for these type of 
awards that they don't actually come from the coach. Because I think, you know, when you're voting, it should come from the coaches. Um, but it normally comes from journalists or referees. And there's a bunch of rules around it too. So if you get suspended, you, you're basically knocked out of the Dally M uh, um, voting. So you know, I don't know if you remember, but Nathan Cleary was, was head and heels above it a couple of years ago and had to serve a, a couple of games suspension, basically ruled him out of the Dally M. Um, and that, and that, uh, that statistic that Rick just sent us on uh, Sean Johnson, like when you're, when you're looking at the Dally M award, you're watching, and if you're watching all the football, it's, you take statistics out of it and you go with your gut. Because that's generally yep. how the how the Dallium, um, uh plays out. Like if you look at Nico Hines, for instance, like that's how it played out. Like he was just on absolute fire in clubland, and you could say that every game that he played, and and again, that's the other one, is that it's for your team. You know what I mean? So if you're playing well for your team, even though you you're losing, you're still picking up points. And and when you look at Sean Johnson's season, like not only does he it showed that he takes it statistically, but your gut mm. says every week, um, oh, he's got some points. Like he doesn't get, he doesn't pick he's, them all up every week. But you know, if you look at last week's game, for instance, against the Tigers, Tohu Harris, Aiden Fanua Blake one and two, and Sean Johnson three. So he's mm. always in the mix. And I and I thought, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think he's a lay down. I think he's like, I mean, he's locked it up because because Nathan That's Cleary's great. been out for a while. That's crazy, eh? Because in, in, in the NBA, it's MVP, it's uh, fan base vote, voted, so that's how it all happens, and the fans get a first-eye look at what they're doing. Uh, so for the NRL, I look at this game, uh, this season for the Warriors and the Warriors, and the way that Sean J- Johnson has carried this game, not once, not twice, probably three or four times, he has single-handedly won the game for the Warriors. And you look at the impact, the influence he has on a game. Statistics count a lot, but you want to look at your player, your quarterback, and see they are how they are carrying this team around. And Sean Johnson, for me, is head and above everyone else at the moment. And the stats don't lie. When you look at the stats, he's top of the list. So, Dalian, right now, a couple of games before the end of the season, Sean Johnson's 100%. Yep, Sean Johnson indeed. Actually, Sean's just texted through. Hey, fellas, the Dalian points are allocated by a panel of three judges, maybe ex-players or referees. Uh, they allocate six points now. They've changed that. They changed be, that up. Yeah. Would would it, would it be better to to allow the fans to be involved, like the like the NBA, and and have they say, look, I know it's it'll be hard because you probably get one sided, and and you know fans often don't know what they're looking voting. at. Well, yeah, so you've got to be you got to be fans. Fans would vote with their their, their hearts. Yeah. You know, As a fan, fans yeah. don't know what they're looking at. Like yeah, you but, know, not you know not. You've got, to be, you've got to be careful. You know, like there was a game in Sydney in the 2008 World Cup, yeah? And by half time, they decided who the player of the day was, who was for Australia, and New Zealand won it, and they gave it to the Australian player. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be really – sometimes I just think the voting system, and they have, people blow up about it all the time, you've just got to be really careful of who actually selects them because who actually selects them determines the value, I think, of that award. You know, yeah. it's you know, like for me for some for the Hellbergs, for instance, you know, some of that criteria for the Hellbergs, like I just don't believe in it. I, you know, it, I've turned off from the Hellbergs a long time ago when you had the um, the all whites who went to the World Cup, didn't win a game, pick up the 
the best team of the of the of that year in two thousand and eight. I think mm. that was, and of course the Kiwi Ki, do that, and then the Kiwis won the Four Nations. You know what I mean? It's like it's not courses for courses. So um, I just think you get different. The awards mean I don't know. Is he for you? Do they they sort of take up a different um, value oh, set? Look, I don't. I don't play the game for for awards and like sing you know individual awards like a Dally M. I don't think I think Sean will be the same as well. I think a premiership and winning the competition is chucks above what what they're about. But yeah, I think you're right. You know, like um, you've got to have a criteria that is trusted and is real that people genuinely think is the right decision. And the reality is, this is going to be one, two, three, maybe six people's opinion, and that's all it is. Same as the MVP over in the NBA. And yes, it's a cool little pat on the back, but uh, the reality is you want bigger than that, and that's winning this competition. I know Sean Johnson will be the same. Round two. All right. Fight. Ooh, that got me. <laughs> hey, is that, uh, what's, is that that Space Invader? It's <laughs> Mortal Kombat, Kevin. What Mortal is it? Kombat. It's Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Right. There you okay. go. Johnny Cage. <laughs> Sub-Zero. Black Ferns and England renew their rivalry at Mount Smart in November. It's just been announced. Mm. On the back of all the positivity surrounding women's sport, do you think it's going to sell out, Kimpy? Oh, yes. I'll say, I, I, Mark, like, I'm still, like, all day yesterday, I'm thinking it to myself, like I said to you guys in the show yesterday, what is it? Like, where's the algorithm in, a, in and around getting so many people to change their minds around women's sport and filling a stadium up? Like, mate, people have been trying to fill, you know why I say that? People have been trying to fill stadiums for concerts, music concerts, rugby league, rugby union. Look at the NPC at the moment. Like, there's, we're not short of stadium activity. And then we get the FIFA World Cup, and we've got um, the, the boss coming out saying, come to the games. And all of a sudden, it's like someone's given them a magic pill. And everyone's gone, I'm just blinded by FIFA soccer at the moment, I'm gonna support it. I just I, I just can't work it out what it is. So I think I think on the winning. back of that, we get it. Yeah. Winning, Kempi, I reckon winning helps a lot. You know, Norway if we lost in Norway, it'll be interesting to see how this tournament would unfold. I think the support would have been there, but you know, like people in New Zealanders love jumping on a a success train, you know, and being a part of it. And that win against Norway helped this tournament truckloads. Do I think it'll sell out? I think it'll go close. The interesting thing is to see how New Zealand, the Black Ferns, will be able to uh, react and adapt a year a year older. You know, they've lost uh, Wayne Smith. They've lost a hell of a lot of experience. They've got young players that are coming through. None of the sevens players will be in there. You know, Stacey Flula and co. And their impact on this side, there's going to be young players from FPC coming through. And England, England will be chomping their fingers, ready to rip into this game and prove a point. So I cannot wait to see where this team... Look, I think we're going to get a hell of a fright, to be completely honest. I think we're going to get a, a bit of a... You know, a, a possum in the headlights kind of situation because we 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 won we won that game on some luck moments. I was talking to Kendra Cox legs about that uh, lineout. You know that last lineout when we won mm. uh, with the Rolling Moors. So they had a plan to to uh, compete every lineout to allow them the opportunity not to get into their uh, Rolling Moor. Once they got set, they were gone. They scored a hell of a lot of tries. Well, that plan move wasn't even planned. You know how they had um, Crystal Murray at halfback? Well, she wasn't meant to be at halfback. She was meant to be somewhere else. Someone else was meant to jump, and then that Joanne Wu jumped by herself without any lifters. And I was talking to Kendra about it. You wouldn't even know it. But I was thinking, are you serious? She goes, yep. 
that was just absolute fluke that it happened. <laughs> it just there was no planning to it. So they got a bit lucky, and uh, I think when they play this game, I hope it sells out. Oh, it'll be a tough old tournament, World 15. Women's, can't wait. Round three. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds like Kez's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. New Zealand Rugby CEO Mark Robinson has said that the NPC isn't fit for purpose and it needs to change. Are we in danger of ding, killing ding, ding, the ding, golden ding, ding, ding. goose here? Is it what the lights just come on? What does the change look like, <laughs> Kempi? Like that, that's the that's the thing. So what I'm understanding is that NPC provincial unions want a standalone style competition. And what does that that looks like? Um, you know, having a financial stability, having a these standalone assists, uh, competitions away from the NZR. But when that happens, this is really a destruction of the provincial game, which it once was. Mm. You know, this is the pathway for young players to come through. This is the breeding ground for New Zealand rugby. If it goes into a standalone style competition that allows provincial unions to go offshore, go and spend ludicrous amounts of money and go and encourage big-name players to come and play in the provincial union, maybe from Australia, South Africa, and co. I don't think that'll be a bad thing, but is that the right thing for the competition? Isn't that, is that the right thing for New Zealand rugby, going down that line, Kempi? 100%. 100%. Cause we've, already, we've already addressed all, all this. They they need to look at the NRL model. There's a, there's a couple... So you can't change one thing without reviewing another. But what that, about a young kid? That's right. Living a sitting in Hawke's Bay. Yep. And someone else from South Africa comes over and takes his. So, gen- so generally, when you get a so generally when you get a professional team, there's a set of criteria around that professional side. All right. So, because what you got to do is you got to protect your future model. So, what you would create is you would create two junior professional sides to 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 fill your first side, and then create a model which basically fills the whole model of players that can transfer through. Uh, any type of system into either either one of those teams, but to do that, you're going to have to f- first of all um, work out where the best teams are and create pools in New Zealand. So you might have a first and second division, um, or third division, or whatever that is, and then you have to invite other teams in from outside of New Zealand, Australia, and I, you know, South Africa, if they want to come in and create that that um, professional so at NPC level. Hundred percent. You want other teams from Australia to come in. Hundred percent. I, rec- I reckon they should. Financial stability. Well, I think what they do. Well, see, financial stability in and around. Let's have a look at the Warriors, for instance. Or let's have a look at the NRL on on a whole. They don't get big crowds everywhere. That's the reason why Brisbane play every Friday night is because they fill the, the stadium with thirty or forty thousand people. But they also got the whole of um, Queensland State watching them. So their media rights are phenomenal. Yeah. So they get Friday, Thursday night games all the time. The same thing needs to happen with the NPC so they can create media opportunities where people are actually going to come in and buy Sky subscriptions because no one's watching it. And the only way you're going to do that is to create better competitions. And to create better competitions, you have to restructure the whole thing. From your, from your I'd have, I'd have two junior teams, so you're talking about your 20s, so that'll help us fix our 20s problem at the World Cups. Maybe one more underneath that, and the other one was I'd definitely go to Australia and invite them in. So the interesting thing is, is Southland, Manawatu have come out and said, look, they just can't compete with uh, the Aucklands, the Canterbury's, the Wellingtons. So they'd rather be in the second division. And it was interesting to hear them say that. So I was thinking, how do we make this competition more competitive? Look, for me, Kempi, I don't, I don't want to see us going offshore and, and buying all these big players and bringing them over to New Zealand because I just think that's not the right... Um, 
process for New Zealand rugby going forward. I just think we've got to find ways to grow our own. Right now, this ain't working, and I fully understand that because we're not getting people going to the games. You look in the game, like Otago-Wellington, usually a traditional game on the weekend. I looked in the stand. There were so many empty seats. I hardly ever saw one head bobbling in the stand. I was thinking, wow, what is happening? Is there too much rugby? Are we seeing too much rugby at the moment? It starts on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So every game, there's a, there's a couple of games. So is that a simple case? Or is it just not entertaining enough? Do we not have the players? So do we have to go offshore? I just don't... I, 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 don't, I don't want... I don't want it. I like the NPC. I prefer NPC to Super Rugby, to be honest. Uh, it's a bit more tribalism to it, you know, and you and you see more players. It's a pathway, like you said, Izzy. So bringing internationals over then inhibits our pathways, I think. See, to an and that's, yeah. that's the problem because what you've got is you've already got a professional competition, which is With your Super, Super Rugby. Rugby. Yeah. So what I'm saying, and this is if you read the last comment from Mark Robinson, not fit for purpose, but we haven't found the model yet. It's because Super Rugby is under threat. If they change the NPC model, Super Rugby becomes um, a, a, lesser, a lesser product. You can't have both. If you want to go into the media right, Paul, you can't have both. If you want to grow the game, we can't grow it with what we've got here in New Zealand. I agree with them. It's not fit for purpose. And you've, yeah, you've, so got, to, you've got to open it up. 0800-150-811-8833. I know many of you out there are passionate about the provincial game and where it needs to go and how would you like to see it play out over the next couple of years? Would it be the case of allowing players from overseas, international teams, to be a part of NPC to grow it to the brand it is to now? Or do, would you like to see us grow the provincial game here? The PUs, the provincial unions, wants a standalone competition. They want to separate from NZR and they want to grow their own brand. And that's the basic crust of it. But NZR won't allow that because of what you've just said, Kimpy. Super Rugby. Super Rugby is their prize. They need to try and find a way to get numbers back to that and make that competition uh, co- um, competitive as well. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five oh eight eleven. Thanks for that, lads. That was an awesome chat. Really appreciate it. We'll shoot away. We'll come back. Get through some messages. Plenty coming up on the show. You listen to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of big brand vitamins at the lowest prices every day.